Is it 10,000 proof or is it 100,000 proof? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Knowledge. Oh, 10,000. 10, it's 10,000. Okay. Yeah. It seemed to me like the Coco one, which was pretty short, that gave me more the 1988 vibes. Super clean. Super fat. And the 10,000 yeah. proof was like... Obviously, it was kind of like the meat. It was more like the meat stuff. Yeah, it was more like his mixtapes. He actually has like two kinds of mixtapes. He has like the meek kind of stuff. And then he has like the r&b funk heavy everything's a little cleaner kind of pitches up vocals kind of yeah. shit he has like if you go on his band camp like the wrt tapes are all like that but then like all the meek tapes and some of his other like hip-hop stuff are more raw word fix this microphone we're gonna get started soon how do I sound? Do I sound normal like I usually do? Yeah. Cool. I think that's what we want. But yeah, so I wanted to start with the knowledge stuff. We might talk about the crew banging. I guess we got to we got to mention it. <laughs> I'm not with I'm not with this phase 1 bullshit. Oh, dude, not at all. We, uh, I think I told you last week we started seating people. Mm-hmm. Like a few tables at a time. So now I got to touch people's plates and food and drink and shit. Same nasty ass, uh, like tables I had to deal with in the first place. Right. Also, the whole concept of, mandating the mask when you come in but allowing people to eat inside yeah that doesn't make any sense that defeats the purpose yeah so <clears throat> i didn't even know that we were requiring people to wear face masks it just started to occur to me that everyone was wearing one because it, it really wasn't like that at my job at first it was like it a quarter of the people would come in with a mask yeah, we didn't enforce it um, until like three weeks ago. So we were like, most of us were already kind of wearing masks. <clears throat> but now it's like, if you're going to be near other people, you have to wear masks. How do you feel about like that? The, I mean, I'm all for it. I, much rather me wear a mask like i don't mind wearing a mask at all it kind of like fogs up my glasses but other than that i don't really care but then i was already kind of wearing one most of the time anyway there's a separate like shipping table that only like one person is on at a time was and it always like that, that or it is now now it's always been like that and now it's like like that station, you don't need to really wear a mask because no one else is around you. <laughs> right. 
for that's life. maybe a good place to take it off and breathe because sometimes it does yeah sometimes it does get a little stuffy under the mask a lot of people with masks though too like they just bought like uh-huh. a shit ton of or like you guys need them oh at the restaurant i have i have my own mask that i've been wearing for you know months now but mm-hmm. at uh, columbia so at the retail they i can't wear that mask they they give me like a oh. one fresh out of a box uh disposable one and everybody has to do that um that job is way cleaner and i don't touch anything and put it in my mouth so <laughs> it's you know it's it's just always funny like how behind the curve my restaurant job is no, like they they bought us like they bought us like these masks that you know they're like non medical grade, but they're used for like bicycle like cyclists use them, so they use them in like winter months and stuff. Um, so they're super breathable. They're mm-hmm. like mesh on the inside with like a filter and then like like a. I don't know, like spandex type material on the outside. So they're like super thin and super breathable. Damn, um, y'all got them high tech. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, like we only got one of each of those and we're supposed to like, it's kind of like on the honor system that we're supposed to like either disinfect it every night or like wear a different one every yeah. day or whatever. But I have like six or seven masks now. So I just kind of like rotate them. Yeah, I, I, I really, this is kind of fucked up. I really only wash that mask, you know, once a week when I wash all, all my other clothes and whatnot. I don't really see, like, I don't really see an issue with that as long as no one's, like, no one has a reason to touch your mask. Like, <laughs> you yeah, know, like, yeah. as long as you're not, like, leaving it in, like, a, like, I know there's a skate, there's a skate park in Milwaukee, Oregon that, just opened oh. like it's an oh oh, oh. there he oh. is there we go it I, works i thought you were just chilling in the back there just just listening to the convo no i uh i was uh making my uh mic work and, oh. and, now, the, and now the camera works oh there we go perfect man all right, he's got tea, I got tea. Trent, you got tea or just a bowl of... What do you got? I got a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> bowl of oatmeal. And, but I do have some orange juice. <clears throat> I, uh, I, I, I've been doing oatmeal again recently. I go through different phases, but I basically just do the oatmeal and load it up with the fucking walnuts, the cranberries, the bananas, the peanut butter, every shit, everything that's going to like get me going for the day. Um, I make oatmeal with uh, black coffee. That's um my preferred situation. Is it just the oatmeal? I, um, I would consider myself a privileged person, but to the degree that I put walnuts and cranberries in my fucking oatmeal, probably not. I worked up to these walnuts and these cranberries. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever truly aspire to that, but um if i make it there i make it there yeah i imagine the second i put walnuts in my oatmeal that trophies by drake will play 
in the background. <laughs> It'll be a triumphant moment. Yeah. Yeah. You will have arrived <laughs> to the scene. Dan, uh, meet my buddy Trent, my best friend of many years. Mm-hmm. Trent, What's up, man? meet Dane. He's a guy with an Instagram page. That's very true. I know. I've I follow. I didn't follow you, but I follow somebody named Slump Soldier. I followed them for yeah, so I hate long. Him. <laughs> yeah, I hate him. And they always post about you, so yeah. I, I kind of know who you are vicariously. Yeah. Yeah. People just kind of find out about Dane through the web. If you get the one yeah. page, you eventually get to Dane. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a sprawling network of people, and eventually, um, I'm planning to uh, just take over the government. Oh, word. Well, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> it's nice to have a person like that on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> this episode will appreciate and value a lot if that happens. Hopefully, I don't know. I don't know if I have that much, um, that much stake, you know. All right. So, I don't know if I'd consider myself medium rare or not. Um, I think I'm a good <laughs> cut, at least. I would probably say prime rib, but I would imagine I'm a little bit raw, mm. a bit cold in the middle. Some would say. Wait, I also wanted to acknowledge that we all we all drink black coffee. That's important to me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do drink black coffee. Um. It's not because I hate white women. It's just because, I don't know, I think it tastes better, and I think it's just better for your health overall. I agree. Especially if you're going to be putting dairy in that shit. Hell no. Yeah. Um, just, like, white coffee just destroys me. It feels like the Vietnam War <laughs> is happening. Crashing down my entire body again. And yet again, it is unjustified, and I would like to believe that it was the government's fault. You know, because why the fuck did the government put cow milk in our food pyramid? (laughs) In, like, a really important structural spot, too. Yeah. I think about that often, and it fucks with me. Because it literally destroys the bowels of non-white people. Like, mo- like most people I know are lactose intolerant. <laughs> I I will admit, like, I like my milky, I like my ice cream, you know, like, that's me, you know. I will admit that, but um, it does ruin me. And I think, I think that's actually what it's about. You know, while I do like the taste, actually, I like the texture that cow milk seems to have. I think I actually enjoy the pain, the mm. struggle, and the overall feeling of uh, triumphance by the end of it. Yeah, because every once in a while you drink it and it doesn't fuck you up, and that feels mm. pretty good. My girlfriend is the exact same way, but have you tried oat milk? No. Um, no. No. My, um, no. 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 And that's Don't shoot it down, man. I'm just saying. No. My girl's been searching for the texture and the taste of dairy milk for a long time. She went through almonds. She went through soy's bullshit. She went through coconut. That's bullshit, too, actually. Oat's the one, man. Oat milk I ice like cream oat. goes crazy and not on your stomach. I like, um, 
I like cooking with coconut milk, actually. It's nice for a lot of uh, fish dishes. Um, I don't like drinking it at all. Um, it's nice for cookies. Actually, I like coconut milk for cookies. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, people have been trying to put me in. I don't know. But I live in fucking... I live in fucking New England. We don't have fucking oat milk. Except for in, like, actual, actual Boston. I'm not going to Boston. You're not going to deep Boston for oat milk. I don't blame you. Like, it's not worth getting called the N-word ten times by people in Celtics jerseys just to get a gallon of oat milk. That's not happening. (laughs) You can't even buy it in a gallon, actually. It only Are comes in a half gallon, so. Cartons. Yeah. It so is what it is, man. You have to buy two of them. It is what it is. But you know exactly why the government wants us to to eat and drink dairy still. You see what people look like in this country. Oh, I thought you were going to start talking about MK Ultra. I don't know what that is. Oh. <laughs> So no, I wasn't. We that <laughs> could take up multiple podcasts. Okay. Yeah, let Wait. me tell you. Oh, go ahead. So, Dane, you you live near Boston? Yeah, I live in New Hampshire. I have a fact, of, a, not really a fun fact, just a fact about Portland. Oregon <laughs> was almost named Boston, Oregon. It came down to a vote. A coin flip. Yeah. They say both pretty stupid names, but yeah, or maybe that's just the whitewash history that they taught us. Maybe, maybe it's that is maybe it's darker than that. Because here's the real here's the real factoid about Portland, Oregon. It was once known as the only whites only state, I guess. And it was the only it was the only state that was. uh, founded as a whites only state and, and other states have like introduced that concept but oregon was founded as a, like the, yeah so it's know, known as the most concept, racist state outside the south to have a concept and genuinely execute it i think takes a bit of brilliance determination and honestly if i were them i would have i think i would have done the same thing you know like, let's have this state for us, you know, and we, we only listen to Bruce Springsteen, we only read Voltaire and fucking William Faulkner, like, this is, this is us, this is our people, like, to do an MTV Cribs in a whites-only state is, like, the greatest thing I can think of for television right now. I think that would fix a fractured nation. Mm. It'd be some super baller wine sellers. That would be one of the biggest selling points. Yeah. I I wish Alaska wasn't so depressing. So I could just go there and just shake hands with thousands (laughs) of white people every day. And I just know Natty Ices in Alaska 
<laughs> Fucking dang. Just take them right yeah. out of the, the, the ice caps. Yeah. Crack that true. bitch open. Fuck. Is there even a is there a college in Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Alaska State. Anchorage State. <laughs> Juno JCC Juno, Juno State. <laughs> Yo, what's up, Bean? Bear making his yeah, he, once he an episode appearance. Yeah. I'm at the first rock too. Tank Beyond E. Had to get the vocal uh, background in there as well. Yo! It's the Bridge City Boys, uh, a.k.a. the Bridge Shitty Boys. My, my girl... <laughs> Uh, my girl said uh, she was really like, why the fuck would you want to be called the shitty boys? <laughs> and I thought that was pretty hilarious. So I had to come on here and, and make sure I brought the bridge shitty boys up as well. Welcome to the New Music Monday podcast. I'm your host. I'm your host. Uh, I'm Devon Marcel Whitaker, a.k.a. Dev Del Molino, a.k.a. Devon Dudley. Uh, my man 817 Loud Packs in the building as always. And let me bring this, this shitty boys back up as I introduce our guest. The Dane McIntosh. Dane McIntosh, you may know him as the Dane McIntosh. Dane, how you doing? I saw a really genuine smile come over your face there as you, as you heard the spirit bomb come in. Figured that would be a good, exciting way to kick shit off. <clears throat> I only just started listening to them this week. I'm so fascinated. So I only listen to 3 Pete. I'm, I'm not sure if their previous projects are as good uh they don't have any, anything previous they had their new album from this year new year new scams which is pretty good didn't have that 80s um flavor um three pete is one of my favorite albums of all time but, um without a doubt my favorite rap album all right well that was a good note to bring it in on so uh, Dan, we kind of already asked you, but how, how is your morning going, and welcome to the podcast. Um, so, I woke up at 10. Mm. Which for um, us is 7. Upstairs, went upstairs, made tea, and now I'm here with you. Um, last night, of course, UFC fight night. I watched the fuck out of that. <laughs> I got extremely drunk. I was, you know, I was... You know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I was talking to white women. I was watching people beat the shit out of each other. Were you night. were you coaching the people on TV at all? Did you get to that stage? Um, you know, uh, I was getting pretty pressed. This guy kept on staying in the fucking clinch. He wouldn't get out of the fucking clinch and throw bombs. I was getting pretty pressed about that. But in general, fights were incredible. So I'm fine. I'm I was fine seeing that. Good. 
Good, man. Well, this is going to be a music episode. So, and we're starting a little later than usual. So we can get down to the first album, pretty much. Yeah. And the first shit that we're talking about. Well, we got two. It's like a short thing and another really even more short thing. We got Knowledge Projects out. We talk about knowledge a lot on this podcast. Coco, if you like the 1988 vibes, this is that very clean, very fat uh, production by him. Um, A little bit more classic sounding. While 10,000 Proof is more like those Meek projects that we've been hearing, which are super dope as well. And uh, a little context to the 10,000 Proof. It's like Meek in the same way that it's... uh, well, if you go to phillyrap.com and, and look up Vodka, the, 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 the rapper, um, that's who this is. So I'm going to throw some. Oh, my God. Need a lot more. Don't got a key to get in this locked door. Oh, my God. More than I had, butter, so I barely put a dime in the bag. Uh-huh. All I need, a step over comfortable. Bill Cosby, though, vodka the vodka huckstable. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. I'm famous and untouchable. The underground understand the dough and deductible. Watching good times was troublesome. Watching niggas broke like me, I had to bubble some. Uh-huh. Get yeah, chewy, man. starting to feel like I'm bubble gum. Woo-hoo. Starting to feel like. And I don't got no ice. All I got is clout. And all I do is raise the prices up in the drought. And I don't got no friends. All I got is co-workers. Or Mac-10s that'll slide you down like snow surface. For no purpose. Jokes is for clowns. And I don't got no circus. No money back. And I don't got no reimbursements. All I got is pounds. And your sunshine Anderson lies ain't working now. All right, so that's, that's who we're working with. Now, I'm not going to act like I'm super familiar with him. Um, but I know knowledge has this connection to Philly. Well, I mean, I I grew up on this type of shit, like like the malt like malt liquor culture, you know, like straight up like like tube steak and like thing <laughs> like people just like rapping on corners with like twenty niggas around them for no reason. <laughs> um, and it's very it's very like personable it's very relatable like it, it actually has like more soul in it than any yeah and 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 you know like that's that's the point you know um i've i've only been i i mean my best friend lives in, in pennsylvania never really been to philly though but uh, i mean like i grew up i grew, I grew up watching like these videos and, and all this mm-hmm. and uh Hearing stuff like that uh, makes you smile quite a bit, um, you know, because because this this stuff isn't is important in its um and it's like it's so good that it's just so easily preservable now because um, most like prior stuff uh, when it comes to black culture and. and black freestyling and stuff like that is it's not well preserved at all it's very hard to find mm-hmm. um so it's good to have stuff like this as as for knowledge himself knowledge himself is i appreciate how poli- prolific he is but at the same time i think i think he does get um i think he deserves credit but at the same time i think he gets like overrated um, 
mm-hmm. you know i i get what he did he he made this like that sound that dilla and mad Lib and uh new Jabez were doing he made it more accessible and he made it um easier on the ears less less chaotic and, and all that he made it like he made almost like pretty instrumental hip-hop through that and like that i mean that's what people know now as lo-fi hip-hop and knowledge created that of course lo-fi hip-hop has been around for ever um you can go back to any time there's hip-hop there's lo-fi hip-hop right because that's the whole point of rap is just that using the stuff you have at your disposal and that's and it's supposed to be low cost you know yeah. that's the point so there's always been lo-fi hip-hop or rap or whatever like the message by grandmaster flash kind of sounds like <laughs> shit but that's what makes it sound like this nigga's actually in the jungle you know that's and that's perfect um but yeah i i, I like knowledge i i've actually found 1988 impressive i like the meek projects a lot actually because i think meek is like one of the genuinely most like traumatized and like just full of soul and humanity rappers there is out there yeah he doesn't create create the best projects out of that but he is extremely genuine mm-hmm. as well, and, so. and those freestyles that he was doing at the time that he then samples for those projects were super raw and coming from right out of those experiences too i think which makes yeah. those projects kind of unique and, and really cool so knowledge is like a, a talented artist but there, i think a, what you're saying is a lot of the groundwork has been laid down for exactly what he's doing he just has a cool taste profile of influences that he likes to pull from yeah yeah um i would say yeah that's a that's a perfectly fine take i mean we we, we what i can't overrate though is his business model as like a band camp musician that uh is just constantly putting out stuff and yeah, i, I love that he's always feeding him it puts a big smile on my face to go to that band camp page and and just look at how many people are <laughs> donating to each project and uh, the, the following that he's, he's curated there. And, and now it seems like he's in a favorable like label situation too that just allows him to pretty much work and release how he wants to do that. Which I think is probably the hope for a lot of people. So, But um, yeah, I like the 10,000 proof thing because it gave me kind of the same vibes like i said of of the same shades of the meek um projects and the same kind of sound kits there but i like coco as just like a short easy uh little thing that just kind of sounds out of the mindset of 1988 like you said pretty impressive project definitely one of my favorites on the year uh i'm gonna pass it to trent on either one of these projects if you have remarks on them you can start uh i don't i mean i don't have that much to say i mean you know how i am i love knowledge um i also don't like 
disagree with anything y'all said because like it's true like he he didn't create the sound he's definitely like um embraced it in a pretty stylized way like i could i think i can successfully tell a knowledge beat from a from somebody else's beats but that being said i mean i don't really like i love 1988 i think 10,000 proof is really like ref- like refreshing coming off of 1988 just because of how raw it is it's like not uh doesn't have that like studio quality that 1988 has mm-hmm. and coco i didn't give a, a, a really like solid listen to uh, I went to the driving range yesterday and I had it in my ear, but it's only like seven minutes. So I didn't remember all of it all that well. <laughs> yeah. If but, you're oh. oh, go ahead. Man. Oh, um, I just, I think the best project in this style is actually not from knowledge. I think it's by a username box. I think, I think that's the best album in this style to be entirely honest with, uh, with like the riff raff freestyle. Uh, remix and um, you know you got the little B remix on there. I I think that's the best uh, project in this style that's ever been made. Uh, okay, I'm looking that up right now. Uh, you're putting me onto this as we speak, so I'm gonna mark that for later. Dane's always good for a recommendation, which is most of my questions actually. When I realize <laughs> I'm gonna get to this lightning round, is just recommendations for shit. Um. Cool, but yeah, that's kind of all there needs to be said about knowledge. And I think that's part of the the model he's built too. Like it's literally just two out of a hundred plus projects um, out there right. by the guy. And so you know, I think each one is supposed to have like less and less impact in the sense that just the whole body of work represents something uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. So from here. Um, yeah, I just want to mention. Oh, yeah, I needed to mention too, because uh, Smythe will kill me if I don't. That um, Stone's Throw is just having an absolute field day on us over over quarantine. I feel like uh, so the Korean Town Oddity drops a new project this week too called Little Dominique's Nosebleed. I've only heard mm-hmm. a few songs off of it and have not like totally dived in, but I did see like Sudan Archives is on here, Anna Wise is on here, Baby Rose. Um, those are the names that I was aware of, but there were a lot of features on here. Gonna check this out. Uh, again, Smythe will kill me if I don't mention it. So, shout out to that. Yeah, it, it was okay. Um, I don't know. I just like <laughs> that that like straightforward, like conscious rap style. Just like uh, it's just like I'm like. Nigga, I'll just go read a fucking book. Like, <laughs> I, like I'm just like I'm good, bro. Like I'm good, like, bro. Like, bro, I got this. Bro, I got <laughs> this right fucking here, dog. Like, bro, we, we do need I, to be reading more books during this time. Like, like, bro, I'm good on that. Um, but I mean, no, no, I, I respect, it. I respect it. But I can't, I can't listen to that. All right, let's turn on the Arca. Um, this would most certainly be my first. Uh, album with Arca so really just trying it out Mm. first song non-binary oh let me let me turn this back up fat 
pretty in your face pretty bold and then later on there comes in this this melodic part to it that makes this an essential track on here after this is time uh which i thought was gorgeous and then basically after those first couple songs is when it gets a little like hit and miss for the next 10 tracks for me but uh, I think this new Arthur record is, is one of, is one of the best um, of this year so far. I I absolutely adore it. Um, it has like sound of IDM, which Spanish pop is in there. Um, it has like art pop from her contemporaries, of course. Like of course, there's like a soapy influence um, on here because Arca's um, prior records don't sound like this. Um, like Stretch One and Two. Um, uh, have like um are like wonky have in- instrumental hip-hop on them and things like that um but this is actually like her first legitimate like full-out pop record and i and i think she really um she she dropped a fucking slugger with this one um i, I love it like i think like galore um was reminiscent of like Selena or like earlier Enrique Iglesias and things like that. Um, there were a lot of like sounds of um, Otecker uh, um, and Aphex Twin, and of course, as I, as I said, Sophie. Um, I this whole and then like this whole scene is like influenced by like the likes of like Aisha Erotica, too. But Aisha Erotica is, is more as like. She's just fucking nasty, but I love it. Um, and she has more of like a Miami bass sound, but still, um, that that philosophy of like using like hard hitting ear catching sounds um, does come from like the weightless scene and Aisha Erotica, and like also like the imagery, which is like instantly hits you in the fucking face when it comes to um where this scene is now like slater arca sophie etc dorian electra like the first thing you notice is like the aesthetics right mm. um you mentioned the weightless scene yeah weightless is a sound from uk um which is like what one of my favorite albums of all time is actually from it um visionist um this it's like this brutal I shouldn't even say it's brutal, but like, it's just like all bass and um, experimental sound, just like rocking your head. It's it's pretty much like being paralyzed in an MMA octagon. <laughs> pretty much, that's what you, that's what weightless sounds like. And it's that feeling of drinking the milk that you know is just gonna fuck your stomach up. Yeah, it's gonna kill you, but you do it. I love that because you love that. Okay, so this is tying together here. I see why I see why you're into this. Um, what did you think about the Bjork song specifically? Um, well, I mean, the, I mean, the whole album has like, um, like specifically like homogenic, homogenic, and vespertine era Bjork influence. So I thought um, it, was, it was great to have her um, like there. And um, I think like it really like tied all together. It's like it's kind of like when Tarantino like um, makes a cameo in his own movies, right? It's kind of, it's, it's like that. Yeah, I feel um, 
or like when um shit who do you know who the director is who made cache who made what who made cache no sorry but no his name is michael something i can't believe i forget it now he has like an amazing filmography but like him and like robert bresson right their films the whole thing is um like you watch it and like some imagery like fucks you up but at the same time you always know that there's something underlying somebody something to something that you've like probably actually seen like david lynch does this too right Mm -hmm. um where it's like you're what like you're watching it and you're getting these like vibes still just keep watching and then like the underlying just like keeps coming up and then like there's this moment where you go oh (laughs) okay that's like (laughs) and like that's what the bjork feature does to me i'm like i'm like i'm like okay wait this sounds like this and this and this and this and you try adding it all together and then bjork is there and you're like oh (laughs) <laughs> okay. that's what i'm looking at michael haneke by the way michael haneke just realized his fucking name after that whole spiel yeah yeah i felt like this listen definitely challenged me like the whole way through because it hits you with so many sounds a lot of mm. which are heavy and again in your face but what you said kind of interested me in that None of these previous projects by Arca were really full-fledged pop acts. And so I thought that was interesting because they sound really comfortable in that sound. Yeah, Almost like well, they had been doing it for their entire discography. Because the thing about Arca that's very interesting, and this is why like people's eyes instantly went to this record, is because Arca has always been in this scene, has always had this aesthetic, has always been friends with these artists. But she's never made albums like this um, at, at all. Like her albums are usually just straight up like IDM or um, like have instrumental hip hop or are wonky, and, and like some of them have like dark ambience and, and things of that nature. Um, so like this like instantly caught everybody's eyes that like she's now becoming like a pop star. And it's it's just so interesting because the, I mean, I mean they're kind of all doing this and um, right now, um, it's it's actually really really nice to see um, all because you know, I think what it mainly comes from is like um, all of these artists as I said like Sophie Arca Slater, um, they're trans and I think like this this right now what they're all doing is like showing that they're like actually comfortable in themselves and their looks and and it's actually kind of like this really really beautiful thing to see now Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh it feels like it is getting more incorporated into the just general idea of pop music uh so not having to be an outsider genre or subgenre um and getting to wear that like just as confidently or more confidently than previous eras of, of these attempts um, at these kinds of albums. So 
that's uh that's a very interesting point you bring up man um yeah i enjoyed this i'm going to continue to listen to it i only really had one really solid listen on it yeah. uh but i've been trying to listen to more rosalia so that was one thing that caught my mind that this was on here i enjoyed a lot of the spanish that uh is throughout as well it's fun to listen yeah. to um yeah um yes yeah, this whole thing like reminds me of like um you know like the the matrix if you didn't know for anybody that didn't know the matrix is made by trans women um i didn't know that actually i like, did hear that recently and it's like before that like they were like in like movies like pink flamingo and i mean if you've ever seen pink flamingo you know why i'm saying that um or like they were just putting documentaries and things like that like um Paris is Burning, which Paris is Burning is one of the best movies ever made, but, but like, it wasn't, you know, they weren't, like, this part of pop culture, but then, like, the Matrix, like, completely changed that, and I think that's, like, what's happening, but with music now, and so, it's so great to see that. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess this just kind of happens, period, but a lot of people are responsible for things that don't, (laughs) that they don't, will never get credit for um Mm. either having influence or outright done just behind the scenes so like you said the matrix you know the fact that most people don't even know that (laughs) with uh, as popular of a movie as it is is kind of that's really something what's our next album mike um i'll kick the ball off by saying IMO, best beats of any mic project, like by a good margin. Um, yes, yeah, I mean, that's possible. I, I mean, I love the sound on like War as my pen. Right, I um, I, I love the sound on there, but I will say, as like a massive fan of um, the Vapor Wave and that sound in general like there are some times where he's genuinely rapping just straight up over paper wave <laughs> which is really interesting to hear um just overall like the sound is um it's not it's, it's not potent it's not potent in the best way possible um like his his, his delivery um, and his flow just like flow over over the songs and it feels as though like each song is two very distinct parts, but they're playing at the same time. And um, it, it gives you like this really hardened feeling. Like it, it feels like full, like it feels like a musical five course meal almost. And it's, and it's insane um, because you have this guy with this just like soul and these um, like dense lyrics and personal lyrics and just like all the humanity in the world right at top like right here and then under is like just as like dense and abstract and uh, just like soulful beats and like they're just like going together like most almost like all music right all music we like to think like singers here instrumentalists here and they fuck right they fuck <laughs> they make something beautiful 
but this time they're more so having phone sex <laughs> and it's really good like it's incredible it really is incredible i love it okay you're doing more of like a parallel motion as a per, per uh, as opposed to like a more perpendicular thing you're saying they're getting so close but they never actually they never actually do it yeah that's what that yeah. hand gesture suggested to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like he's working against a lot of these beats. Like, that's kind of his style in a way. Um, it's like the beat is something always uh, that just is attention grabbing. More so on this album, which is why I, I, I'm enjoying it so much. But then he comes in and he really is like his own just kind of unmoving force because he always kind of approaches it with a, a similar draw and flow um so it always creates an interesting like <clears throat> combination between him and whatever beat he picks but uh my i you mentioned the deep and personal lyrics and i like how he starts off like so many of these songs i think that's one of the coolest things about mike uh is his opening line sometimes the puddle was growing bigger, was touching my toes. My struggle was dope. The image was underexposed. That was on Delicate. I'm going to play that. That's amazing. Um, one of my favorite songs on here, No, No. Uh, started picking up these habits at an early age, getting faded in the madness just to curb the pain. Um, way to the world. I'm only diving when it's deep. Searching for peace when I'm coming down. Um, he just always has an interesting starting point on the songs. Yeah, um, oh, but I mean, he's not as like, um, when it comes to like the others, like, um, I would say he's like the least dense and like just purely abstract. But he uses a lot of like metaphor, a lot of imagery, but like, so I would say at the top is like Earl, like, right? Because what the fuck is that nigga talking about <laughs> half the time? It's like it is ex like extremely dense, abstract, um, but like it's but it's for a reason. You know, it's for a reason. I, it, for anybody that doesn't get why Earl does that or think like Earl purely makes no sense or that like he can't rap, the thing is like that's literally the point. Is like you hide your pain, your trauma, like under such dense and abstract words. So that you're not just reliving it it actually just speaks for itself and like it actually like heals you and it's actually therapeutic rather than just saying it out loud mm -hmm. and, I, and i'm not here to say like you know there's a right or wrong way to rap about pain or trauma of course there isn't you know um but that's like the actual point of what earl is doing from what I what I would believe is like a psychological standpoint, um, and then like Mike, as I said, Mike has like a lot of imagery, a lot of metaphor, but it's still like kind of kind of to the point. You hear it, and like you instantly get it, mm -hmm. but like you still know it's like it's good, it's uh, poetic. Yeah. Um, and then like you have like Slauson as well, who is in between them. His his words can get like pretty dense and um, almost seem nonsensical but he also uses like normal imagery and metaphor so uh, that's where i put like the 
the three branches of government. Oh, in in yeah. in vague metaphorical rapping. Yeah. What do you think about Isaiah's Isaiah Rashad's vague rap style? Um. <laughs> in comparison to those three. I I don't I don't find him that like that poignant or anything like that. I mean, I get it. I I totally understand like why people like Isaiah Rashad. I'm not gonna like like Isaiah Rashad for me isn't like a fucking Eminem. But even Eminem, like I understand why people <laughs> like him. But at the same time, I fucking don't. I'm like, why the fuck do you like Eminem? Isaiah Rashad, I'm 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 like okay, I get why people like this. Um, so, he knows, like, Isaiah Rashad, at least, also, is, like, he seems like he just knows what the fuck he's talking about. Um, his memories are from the heart. What he's talking about is from the heart. I just don't think his sound is, like, that amazing. I don't find him that interesting. Um, I don't, I've never listened to Isaiah Rashad album and gone, I need to hear this again. <laughs> never happened i'm sorry but that's never happened um i I will say he's higher like he's higher in the hierarchy than like a mick jenkins like mick jenkins is just like god oh we fuck with mick jenkins over here we we love we love the we love the punchlines the on the nose punchlines yeah mick jenkins is just like oh all right, nigga, just let the jazz play. <laughs> like at this point, like, like I, I listen to him. Like, bro, like, just get like a Coltrane family member. Just, like, <laughs> and like, I don't know, maybe, maybe throw in like a couple words here or there. Just say you made it. Just say you made it. All right, I'd rather Mike Jenkins is like I'd rather him just say he made an album that he did. <laughs> Yeah, Mick, Mick's like not exactly in the class of those guys where like their their raps are kind of like what they mean is sort of hidden under what they actually say so much. And I think the mm-hmm. thing with Earl is like the way his album is set up is so that by the eighth, the tenth listen, you start to get more of a sliver of, you know, maybe what those traumas you said kind of are underlying within those words and that they've simmered for a longer time the mic is like that too you know he's a little bit more forward with the reference to the traumas maybe but Mm. um he does the same thing where um i've listened to this like fucking eight times already which i don't normally do this much before the pod but it's been out all week um and it just continues to get better with most of those listens uh, for me this far trent i'll pass it off to you um like any songs off top as favorites or just any thoughts uh <clears throat> i not really I, again this is like another one of those albums that i feel like we've been getting a lot of where i'm not really like looking at the track list while i'm listening to it like i'm just trying to like I'm just trying to like absorb it as much as possible. And so like, I honestly don't know, like I couldn't tell you the sound of plans versus the sound of more girls. Like I, I just like, I don't really know where they fall on the track list, but like, um, I think it's a really good album. It's not my favorite Mike album. I don't know. If, I, I know you said it was your favorite, like beat selection of Mike. It's my know. favorite Mike favorite? album. It's my favorite Mike yeah. album. It's, I don't think it's my favorite. Um, 
but I, I'm really happy we got it. <laughs> yeah. it was a, it's a nice breath of fresh air. I liked that um, it initially came out on SoundCloud first, too, as a whole 35 minutes. Um, so right. my first few listens were like that as well, just the whole thing, you know, one one long experience or 35-minute experience. Um, but then, you know, we have a podcast, so it's nice to go back and actually have that selection in streaming now, too, that I can individually pick out songs and whatnot. But. <clears throat> Yeah, to me, my favorite Mike album thus far. Uh, I think this is going to be one of the easiest to like share with other people. Um, the easiest album to get people into Mike. Um, there are a couple songs on here I don't love, like like the last two before the end with Earl Sweatshirt, the the Jadacy. I I just don't know if I've if I fuck with this guy because he's been on the Madani projects and he's been kind of just in the scene. Um, and then is you stupid right before that? Uh, but <clears throat> All Star and Weight of the World were two of my favorites on here. Um, I love how they use the single that we heard and flip that back with something new on the front end of it. Um, and then Coat of Many Colors and No No were two others of my my favorites. But yeah, my favorite Mike project thus far. Um, Dane, I I don't know if you said whether it was or not. Um, or where it ranks. I'm not quite sure. I mean, it's definitely in the one or two spot. I love, I love Warren my pen. Um, I haven't really loved the. Um, I didn't really love his last record. Um, but I really do enjoy this one from front to bottom. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, definitely one or two. All right. Yeah. So, uh, wait, did Trent? Did you say whether it was like close to two, three, where for you? Yeah, I mean it's up there. I still think I, I'm kind of I still fuck with Warren my pen the most too. I think. Um, I also like. Still love May God Bless Your Hustle. Yeah, May so God like, Bless Your Hustle. It's probably sitting. My number two. I don't know. They probably are one. It's like a he his discography is probably one that will rotate a lot for me over time. Yeah, and pretty consistent in quality too. I feel like all those projects are around the same clip of quality. Um, yeah. If you really like any of them, I imagine you're gonna at least remotely like the rest of them. I think you slapped this, Trent. I think I saw you slapping this in my in my feed. Yeah. There was yeah. one day where I saw like I five people all just like my whole wall listening to this, <laughs> which is a little shocking. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people, uh, a lot more people than I knew fuck with Crangman, Crangman, however you say it. Crew banging. And I think the um, they had that Texas Sun EP with Leon Bridges. I think that kind of like piqued everyone's interest a little more. Um, but I mean, they're just like, they're good, like, cleaning up the house music, yeah. you know? <laughs> gardening <And> music. <laughs> hella gardening music, actually. Hella nice on a sunny day. It's, um, it's cool, like, more Spanish music on the week. <laughs> like, I definitely got my, my fill on Spanish lyrics this week. 
is pretty cool. And I, I've been meaning to go back to some of the earlier works, which I believe are m more mostly instrumental. Um, so I, I'll need to do some more research on that particularly. But uh, let's move into last week's music. Um, pretty short. Last week we, we talked mostly about Pierre Bourne and Tiana Taylor. Uh, so Trent, I'd like you to start off with us. Rank the OG TLOP4. Rank it with the Deluxe Half and Slime Air. Uh, Deluxe, Slime Air, OG. Deluxe better well, than the actually, OG. Yeah, Deluxe better than the OG. It made me appreciate the OG. Ooh, okay. It made me appreciate the OG too, but I had to give the OG more credit. Uh, for just being what it was at the time, I guess. So the OG, then Slime Air, then Deluxe. But that was, that was tight. That was tight right there. And then Tiana and Taylor. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if I would. Uh, I want to make an adjustment. I think it's Deluxe OG Slime Air. Deluxe OG Slime Air. Yeah, I like Slime Air. I fuck with Slime Air. I didn't. Air. I didn't give it as many listens as either the Deluxe or OG Life Bubble. Or life of Pierre. <clears throat> cool. Um, obligatory of the week. We don't have to do Tiana Taylor because it's like I thought the album was better than K KTSE, and I haven't listened to Seven, so there's that. Obligatory of the week. We did rank Quasimodo. We did rank the Unseen at mm -hmm. eighty-seven point four, which I feel like was an extremely fair score. Um. Dane, what do you think about Mad Lib? Is he is he the the greatest hip hop producer of all time? I I think he's genuinely uh, the best artist um, alive <clears throat> right now. I think it, it's not it's not ever. Um, it's a bit of a wizard, that guy. Uh, between his tactical ability, his vision, just like how tight his rhythms and composition are. Just, just like everything about him i don't i just don't i just don't really see like an artist that's really ever been better than him except for like the likes of like the enos and like albini and people like that um yeah i don't i just don't really see anybody that's like truly at Madlib's level in, in all of music. Um, you know, I, um, the only, the only people that like in the entire history of music really can do with Madlib are like the jazz greats like Ornette, um, Coltrane, Brett, uh, Braxton, Sun Ra, and in the, in like those, those type of artists, um, you know, Art Blakey, um, that's such a high caliber too. Yeah. So I don't yeah, I don't know. I just I don't I don't play around when it comes to that, but yeah. Know, pretty transcendent talent of hip hop music. Yeah. And I'm pretty early in my journey of even really discovering more mad lib. So um what's something good to start if I've already heard you know, Quasimodo stuff, obviously, everything else you would assume I've heard. Um, 
what's a yeah, beat tape out there or a lesser I mean, known project that if you haven't heard beat conductor five and six you have to um beat conductor five and six is mad lives attempt to recreate the sound of jay dilla after his passing um because mad lib and, and jay dilla were great friends um so beat conductor five and six are like really really mm. heavy on the soul with that concept in mind um and that Jay Lib project too is, ama- is is amazing as well. Yeah, Jay Lib is great. And then I forget what number it is, but Medicine Show. Medicine Show Five. Medicine Show Five is an essential. I think that's one of the best albums of all time. This episode has been full of plugs. Sonic Youth. We also graded. We also rated Sonic Youth. I don't think me or Trent voted on this, but Goo. It got an eighty-nine. Um, yeah. Sound about right to you? Yeah, I mean Goo's good. I'm not. I'm not the biggest Sonic Youth fan. I'm not. I'm not big on that scene in general. I. I don't know. The Sonic Youth from Seattle. I'm not sure, but. Um, uh, I think so. But that would mean they were I'm not, on, uh, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Sonic fan, but I definitely did listen to a fuck ton of Sonic Youth when I was like 13, 14. I, I, of course, you know, I listened to Sonic Youth, Smiths, you know, and all those fucking bands, um, Galaxy 500. You know, I, of course, I did. Um, nowadays, I'm not the biggest, the biggest Sonic Youth fan, but you know, I still appreciate their music. You know, Daydream Nation, Goo, Sister. I think Sister is one of the best albums ever. So. Yeah. Definitely yeah. in your history. Um <laughs> Carly Ray Jepsen B sides 76.1. I'm gonna be honest, I don't really know why we rated this. <clears throat> I thought this was okay, but it was it was B sides for sure. Um well the history with Carly Jepsen is that her B sides are actually um like something to look out for. She's she is particularly an artist where her b-sides are something to look out for because you know most most pop artists especially on that level just like release like deluxe editions mm. and things like that but she actually just released them as b-sides and the b-sides uh, like emotion the emotions b-sides are sometimes in contention in contention for like her best albums um they have they usually have different sound a different aesthetic entirely uh different emotions so yeah i mean that's that's why people specifically talk about carly mm-hmm. ray jepson's b-sides i'm gonna have to go back on those with a monocle then and, and see what's up with it because i liked emotions too so but i never checked out the b-sides yeah yeah the b-sides are actually great for that album. all right Cool. Well, we've reached our segment of the show. We got quite a we got quite a bit of tail end time here. Um, we're doing great. So I I wanted to do a little mail time segment with Dane. Dane does uh, mail time Instagram stories. You just have a bunch of white kids send you like anything and everything. It feels like that is very much. <clears throat> and he responds to it pretty much. Pretty much uh, anything and everything. Sometimes he's in his room. Sometimes he's like out in the wilderness yeah, drinking one of those natty lights or something. 
Um, did you say you moved? Is this your new room behind you? No, no. no. Okay. Um, I'm moving later today or tomorrow. Word. So I want to start our mail time segment with Dane. Uh, Trent, if you come up with any questions based on just shit that I'm asking, let him shoot. Um, but I got like just a few here. And I want to start with people think there's no such thing as a good dubbed anime. And if you don't feel that way, I'd like you to recommend a couple solid dubbed um, English animes. I would say like Trigun is, has a fantastic dub. Um, Revolutionary Girl Latina has a great dub. Um, uh, Hikari no Go, no Go has a great one. Um, I would say like the thing, the reason why that happened, right? Why people say that is because like there was a time period, like mid two thousands, to like I would say like it actually cut off like recently, like twenty eighteen or whatever, mm-hmm. where it's like yeah, dubs were fucking abysmal, like they were, but like um, in the nineties when like it first came to the west and it was in like it was an instant explosion there were, there was like bigger budget budgets for dubs there was more effort put into dubs but as like the popularity started to wean off in like the 2000s that effort and that budget went away um and now like it's come back but um what's also, a what's a recent like, one then like a like a because i've been hearing that too that more recently they have gotten consistently better. Yeah. Um, what are some recent ones that have good English dubs? Uh, that's the thing. I don't like. I don't watch modern dubs. Like I just, I hear them and I know that they have gotten better occasionally. But like I don't like watch them. I know JoJo's dub actually isn't bad at all. Um, JoJo's dub isn't bad at all. Like I don't. But like a lot of my favorites, though. Like they don't they don't have dubs like Shogun Roko Rakugo Sinju like that doesn't have a dub, you know like Rainbow Nisa Rokobo that doesn't have a dub. But like um, other ones, I would say like the most recent dub that I watched and I'll never watch it sub. It is actually one of my favorite anime is a uh, Space Dandy. I'll never watch Space Dandy sub. Hmm. Um, I never will. But I love the Space Dandy dub. And then uh, Varuni Kenshin. That's a fantastic dub. F, that might be the best dub of all time. Wow, I, I watched that sub. I yeah. didn't know it. I didn't even know that the dub was good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, as I said, Trigun. Outlaw Star is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of like the like, space based ones. Actually, I'm not, I think Galactic Heroes has a dub. Legend of the Galactic Heroes, which is usually heralded as like the best anime of all time. Um, yeah, they do exist. They do yeah. exist. It's just a yeah. really bad yeah. era, long era for them. Um, there's another Japan-related thing. Hip hop in Japan hasn't exactly taken over the culture. I feel like, as opposed to like, they still really enjoy rock music, um, but. What is, as it stands right now, some essential Japanese hip-hop albums? Um, actually, I'm pretty sure Japan, Japan more so. I'm not, I'm not 
an expert, but I'm pretty sure Japan has like a pretty uh, great appreciation for like pop music a lot, you know, like Perfume, Kodo, um, apps like that. But I would say I I like I like the hip hop scene. I like um, really they call me like a fucking doozy. Mo and Ghost is one. Um, Daco. There's just one. Let me look it up real quick. Their album name is Goblin Land. Oh, okay, yeah. Their name is Goblin Land. Yeah, Goblin Land are fantastic. Um, Japan's current scene is like actually uh, very trap based. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, actually. Like, you'll listen to modern Japanese hip-hop and you'll hear the sounds of like 2016, 2017 American uh, trap music and it's kind of, it kind of throws you off. I do think Goblin Land in particular though are unique. I think Mo and Ghost are unique. I think uh, Dako is unique. Um, the Japanese hip-hop scene actually has a lot of um, females a lot of a lot of uh, women rappers, you know. Oh, cool. Um, and I, I I like that quite a bit actually. As I said, Doctor Bone Ghost. Um, there's a bunch of others that I'm forgetting or I just don't have in the fucking chamber right now. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of a lot of women in the Japanese uh, hip hop. Cool. Um, I would say I'm like a complete jazz beginner. Um, Trent's more interested in jazz than I am, so maybe more of an intermediate. But uh, based on that, what are like some of your favorite eras and styles, and then names that come along with that? Um, I would say my favorite style is definitely like free jazz, Sonny Shiraz, uh, late career like John Coltrane or Nat Coleman, um, Jack Dejanet, um, Cometa Quintet. You know those guys, and then like you have, uh, you know that's that's like really my favorite. But then you have like the broader avant-garde scene with like the names like Eric Dolphy, um, Charles Mingus, of course. Yeah. Um, I believe like late career, like Duke Ellington, kind of dug his feet into that. He was more so uh, big bands, but I love I love still um so yeah i think i think those are some names that definitely stick out to me the most oh um i forgot to also say in free jazz anthony braxton anthony braxton is a genius oh cecile taylor as well i can't believe i just forgot those two names um and then also another one that comes to mind for just avant-garde jazz is um, archie chef but um yeah those are like those are like the names that really stick out to me right now. And then I forget what style they really fall into. Mm. But um, Horace Silver and Thelonious Monk, of course. Yeah. Also names that I feel the need to throw out. What does the landscape of jazz look like, like right now? Um, is there anyone working in it that's particularly prolific and interesting to you? Um, God. I mean, of course, you have uh, Montana Roberts, Montana Roberts, um, 
and then yeah, <laughs> my brain is fucking fried right now. Putting you on um, the spot today. Hakushi Hasegawa is another is another name. Um, he's Japanese, of course. Um, he like his approach to jazz is extremely interesting. Um, and then you have like, I w- I would say like the the soul of jazz today is actually in Japan. Be honest, um, I can't think of any names right now, but yeah, that's that's where like you'll find jazz today, except for like Maytana Roberts, of course, is like Maytana Roberts is probably like the most known current jazz artist living. Oh, fucking Kamasi Washington, Kamasi Washington, probably the most known one actually, but Maytana Roberts is is on is is some is semi on his heels. I would say, um, yeah. Trent, you got any questions, or I shoot another. I'm just, I'm just enjoying the information. The Rex. Yeah. So. Yeah. You keep, you keep them firing. Yeah. I'm we'll just do. a fly on the wall. All right, man. Um, I would also say I'm a total Memphis hip hop novice. Nobody <laughs> on the, on the map. Okay, fuck me. Um, if I loved Mystic Styles, and I did. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the next? What's the next thing I should check out? Um, Tyrite the Third, Ashes to Ashes. That's without a doubt one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. Um, it's raw. It cuts fucking deep. Every song is a slugger. Some of the best beats in history are found on that album. Um, then of course, uh, um, Kingpin, Skinny Pimp. You know, play it. Uh, I forget what it's called, but yeah, I mean him as well. You have um, shit. Who's the other one? Dude, uh, there's like a a big three of Memphis rap. Like it's Kingpin, Skinny Pimp, Tommy Wright the Third, and then oh, whoever may play his ball. I have to. I can't. I can't. I can't not say his name. I really cannot. Nope, not the Outcast song. Not the Outcast <laughs> no, song. No, I didn't need the Outcast song, but <laughs> they are from they're from Atlanta. They are from Atlanta. Coops and Nicka. Coops and Nicka. The Devil's Playground. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So that was your three. Was King Co- of the Plays Balls by Kingpin Skinny Pip, and then um, oh, Blackout Dream World is a must listen that's one of my favorite albums say that one again blackout uh dream world and then um the best in the modern scene are of course uh, little ugly mane and slim gorilla without a doubt um also i don't i wouldn't really consider him memphis rap but luca l-u-k-h kind of is reaching towards that sound but not really is he from there I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure. All right. I love the movie Moonlight. Do you recommend any black-centric stories that explore similar themes? Explore similar themes is, is kind of where you got me tongue-tied. doesn't have to, um, but wherever that gets you started. Atlantics is one that comes to mind. Atlantics is a beautiful movie. Must watch. Um, 
Tongues Untied. It's a documentary, but that that really does have like a similar um, similar feel to it. Um, if Gale Street could talk, of course. Um, and then just like you want like black film in general, like of course his belly, my brother's yep. wedding, George Washington, and the connection are what really come to mind. But yeah. Okay. Belly's always a fun watch. Um yeah. what was the first concert you ever went to? Um shit. So I went to Afropunk and I went there for FK Twig was there, uh Death Grips was there, uh Just Scott was there. Um a name that you'll probably see popping up a lot now is probably Chica. Um and then who's the one black woman has like the weird aesthetic rapper? Oh, Tiana, Tiana, Tierra, Tierra Wack. Tierra Wack. The um, one with the 15 minute album. Yeah. Um, Alicia Keys was there. That's awesome. Um, shit, I forget. I'm trying to think of who else was there. There were a bunch of artists that like, I didn't care for, but I mean, they were there. I mean, like, that's how festivals Gold go. Link was you, there. You go see, you I know go see the problem people. I have with Gold Link is he doesn't realize that everybody just thinks he's the nigga that sings the chorus on crew. <laughs> That's the problem Gold Link has. He hasn't realized that yet. And then, like, Earth King was there. Um, oh, dude. I'm, horror, like, horror with the nines. They were there. Oh, yeah. Um, Trent. And then, uh, uh, Kamasi, Kamasi Washington was there. Oh, that's awesome too. Damn, Afropunk is always seems super live every year. Um, that's always something I would want to go to if I would ever was on the East Coast, but not Trent. I was gonna ask you too what your first concert was because I don't think I know. Uh man, my first, my first concert was I think the Shins with my mom. The Shins. Yeah. <laughs> And but my first concert that like I bought a ticket myself was like the Odd Future concert in like twenty that must twelve have been, or yeah. twenty eleven yeah. the Roseland. <clears throat> my first concert was uh at the Aladdin Talib Kweli and High Tech. Oh. That's cool. That's a lot cooler cool. than my first concert. <laughs> I yeah. I that always kind of blows my mind that that was my first concert. Um, that and yeah, John that, Legend. That is Reflection Eternal. Right? Reflection okay. Eternal, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, so okay. they had just dropped their second album at that time. That's kind of why they were going on tour. So they had like they had some hits on that album. Um, yeah, Re- Reflection Eternal actually have on vinyl. Oh, like their their debut. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, with the uh, Dave Chappelle <laughs> opening. I've met Dave. I haven't yeah. met very many famous people ever, but Dave is one of them. Hmm. <laughs> Probably one of the only ones that you actually should meet. Yeah. Met him at the <laughs> gym. I was like 12 years old. Huh. Yeah. It's my, it's my one cool story in my life. Um. 
Oh, what was the most recent movie you saw, and what did you think of it? Um, new, new to you. New to me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because the most recent that I watched in general is The Hateful Eight. But new to me was, oh, God. I think it was this documentary about, I believe his name is Jason Holiday. Let me check. I want to say it's Jason Holiday. Nope. Is it Aaron Holiday? No, Aaron Holiday plays for the Pacers. He's a point, point guard for the Pacers. <laughs> Jay Holiday. <laughs> Justin Holiday, he plays <laughs> small forward for the Bulls. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Holiday. Jason Holiday. And um, for those that aren't aware who uh, Jason Holiday is, he was, like, one of the first, like, um, iconic, like, queer people. And uh, if you don't, like, really know, like, the history of, like, queerness in the USA, like, it, it was very much a scene really started by, by Black people. Jason yes. Holiday is Black himself. And uh, Portrait Jason, like, a, um, literally, like, a portrait just painted of him. Like, it's literally just him talking about his experience how he became who he was, how he truly found himself, the things like he does to keep himself like above water. And it's like, it's really interesting. It's um it's from 1967. I oh, believe. Wow. Um, is, yeah. I'm sorry, is the film just named after this person or? It's uh, it's called Portrait of Jason. Okay. And so you thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I like uh, Shirley Clark. This is a new documentary, but did you see Disclosure? Disclosure. It's on Netflix. The only thing I can think of when you say Disclosure is um, <laughs> it's the fucking <laughs> group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, uh, I actually like Disclosure. It's a um, movie about trans depictions and on the silver screen and yeah. in movies, and it just uses a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of movie excerpts to commentate on it. And That's interesting. It's real good, yeah. Um, here's my last one, man. Um, real easy. Rank these wrestlers. Brett Michaels, The Rock, Benoit, and The Undertaker. Wait, wait, wait. You mean Shawn Michaels and Brett Hart? Yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. Wait, isn't Brett Michaels the... He's the singer. Yeah, the singer. I meant Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> okay. Yo, so Brett Shawn... Michaels as a wrestler? All right, say, say him again. Uh, Donald Trump, The Rock, uh, no, Shawn Michaels, <laughs> The Rock, Benoit, Undertaker. Shawn Michaels, Benoit. Those two are like really easy. Like those, those like come naturally. Shawn Michaels and one then and then Benoit? Yeah. And then The Rock and then Undertaker. There you have it. Yeah. Favorite wrestler of all time? Um, oh man, um, probably, dude. I mean, like, Flair's up there, Takahashi's up there. Um, I love like 
all of the like they're called the four pillars of heaven i love all those guys jun akiyama minami toyota fucking i love Shawn michaels himself too uh, rick flair is up there ricky steamboat's up there yeah there's a, there's a lot there's a lot but yeah those those ones are the first ones that come around all right there you fucking have it dane mcintosh aka the dane mcintosh First time on the New Music Monday podcast, season four, episode 21. I didn't say that. Uh, we already did yeah. season four, episode 20 on 420, so we had to skip it this time and just jump ahead to 21. I see. And uh, you have the honor of being on that episode. So, dude, thank you for coming on. You're always welcome. And get, always giving us plenty to think about. So, if you want to follow the dude, you can follow him at the Dane McIntosh on Instagram. You can probably find wherever else you need to find him from there but is there anything else that you're working on or doing at the moment that you'd like people to know about um not not really much i mean like except for the fact that i'm training for mma but um i've been thinking about writing like uh, like written documentaries on dean blunt uh, the history of black music, its effect, and like what domestic imperialism is, things like that, and um, yeah, or and James Rollins, another documentary I want to write. So yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, as those things come forward and you work them out some more, I'm always here to pay attention and watch and read and listen. So thanks again, man. Uh, fantastic episode and time talking with you. It's nice to sort of meet you. Mm-hmm. And uh, fuck, man, have a happy rest of your Sunday. Trent, anything else? Nah, Dane, thank you for the recommendations. A lot of shit I, a lot of shit I don't know anything about. So I'm glad to, I'm excited to learn. Yeah, I'm going to run this back and I, 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 a lot of stuff went over my head in listening to you on, on, you know, on the fly. So. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to go back and peel through that and get some actual information out of there. And I'm sure some of the content I produce this week will uh, just feature some of the recommendations you gave up. So, Of course, man. All right, man. Hi, yo. Good luck with the move. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, man. Have a good rest of your day. Peace. You too. Peace.